0: Hey everyone, it's Adam, and you're listening to the Embrace podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. I grew up in a home that was filled with music. My mom, she started piano lessons when she was three years old. And by the time she was in seventh grade, she was playing weekly in church. And all throughout my childhood, my mom, she gave lessons out of our home. Now, a lot of the students were often rookie piano players. And so it wasn't always very good music that filled our house. But even still, our home was filled with music. To this day, one of my absolute favorite things to do with my mom. We don't do it nearly enough is to sing together. We'll both sing hymns as she plays on her piano. We sit on the wooden bench. And growing up, we sang all the classics, How Great Is Thou Art, classics like In the Garden, classics like Great Is Thy Faithfulness. But my, my personal favorite song to sing with my mom is Here I Am, Lord. Even as a kid, when I didn't understand the words I was singing, even during a large portion of my life when I wanted nothing to do with God, this song, early on, it was planted in my soul. The lyrics, again, are powerful. Who am I, I who made the stars at night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Years later, I'll never forget it, one weekend I came home from college. At this time, I had now been following Jesus for a few years. And my mom, she pulled out the hymnal and we began to sing this song together. This time, though, it was so different in the song, it came alive inside my soul. I mean, I couldn't help but think about how God had radically changed my life. I couldn't help but think about how God had brought his light into my darkness, And once again, I came to the question of this song, though, whom shall I send? At the time, my response, someone else. Like it has to be someone else, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I longed at this time to tell the whole world about what God had done in my life. But in the same breath, I was so sure that God couldn't possibly speak through me. Hear this, for most of my life, two of the strongest feelings that I've had as long as I can remember, like since I was a little boy, is first off having this huge desire to make a difference with my life. Since following Jesus, to tell as many people as I possibly can about his love, this desire to make a difference that lasts for all of eternity. That's the first feeling. The second feeling is just as strong. It's the feeling of being totally inadequate and completely unqualified To do so, once again, whom shall I send? I was positive it had to be somebody else. It couldn't be me. Now, I just got to ask all of you, have you ever felt this way before? Have you ever longed to make a difference? And not just a difference for your own name, but a difference that lasts for all eternity. You've had this desire, and yet for whatever reason, you felt inadequate. Maybe you didn't know enough. You weren't Christian enough. Maybe you didn't think you had the right gifts or you wanted to be used by God, but you just weren't really sure how. It's like, where do I even start? Once again, have you ever felt this way before? If the answer is yes, well then, great. If the answer is yes, well then, perfect, awesome. Why? because this right here is the heartbeat of what our new series is all about. Our hope for this series is that when God asks, when he says, whom shall I send? By the end of this series, every single one of us is able to say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Now just to say it, when it comes to being used by God, one of the main things that I regularly hear oftentimes from many of you is, well, I'm not a pastor. It's like, I'd love to be used by God, but I'm not a pastor. Kind of funny, the other night, we went out for supper with a group of friends. One of my best friends turned 40. And before eating our meal, someone asked, should we pray? Well, right away, without skipping a beat, one of my other friends said, I will. And so he prayed, and as soon as he said amen, my wife, she couldn't spit it out fast enough. She said, thank you for not asking the pastor to pray. I don't know why, I guess my wife doesn't like to hear me pray or something, (laughs) pray for us. But again, so often, so often, we just assume and we think that there's this huge gap between pastors and regular people. Like there's normal people over here, and then there's pastors over here. Now, sadly, when you look back at history and specifically church history, there's actually a pretty good reason for feeling this gap. You see, for hundreds of years, there was a very clear division between pastors and priests and regular people. Get this, it was believed that God would only speak to the pastor, and then on behalf of God, the pastor would then come and enlighten and speak to the people. And pastors, they could connect with God, and they could read their Bible, but the regular people, well, they just couldn't. Well, because of this, the pastors, they were seen as the people who would do God's work, and then all the regular people, what would they do? They would just do regular people's stuff. And they, again, as a result, there was this huge division and gap between these two groups of people. That is until a priest named Martin Luther came along. Anyone ever heard of the Lutheran church? Very little response, which is typical because Lutherans don't talk or move in church. And so that's, <laughs> that was a wholehearted yes from the Lutherans that are here. Luther, he threw a red flag at all of this though. He's like, this is garbage. This is craziness. This is the total opposite of what God wants us to do. I mean, Luther said, there's only one high priest and his name is Jesus. And we don't need, it's not required to talk with someone else so we can talk with God. Instead, because of Jesus, we can talk with God directly ourselves. And even further, when it comes to God's work, God's work is not just for one person. It's for all people. Luther said there aren't certain people who are called to be pastors and priests. Instead, every one of us who follows Jesus is called to be a pastor and a priest. Luther called this the priesthood of all believers. And so back to all of us, for those of us who are quick to say, well, I'm not a pastor. Martin Luther, and more importantly, as we're gonna find out, a guy named Jesus would say, yes, you are. You follow me? I got good news. You are most definitely a pastor. Me? You follow Jesus? Yep, you're a pastor. Yep, yep, 100%. You are without a question a pastor. Near the very start of Jesus' ministry, we're told that Jesus got baptized by a Baptist named John. Crazy Baptists. And then Jesus spent some time out in the wilderness. And then after that, Jesus went into an area called Galilee, where he preached one of his very first messages. Then immediately after that, here is what we're told happened next. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Again, Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee when he crosses past with these two brothers, Simon and Andrew, who are fishermen. Quick side note: Speaking of fishermen, I don't want to want to brag. I've been looking for an opportunity to share about this. Last week, I did some fishing myself. Can we see a picture of those two bass? Can we just check them out? Okay, okay. God, keep us humble. Okay, I was catching so many bass, I started feeling guilty about it. I was handing out participation basses to other fishermen just so they could feel better about themselves. I'm like, I'm sorry, but again, though, Jesus crosses past with these two fishermen, and then here is what Jesus. Said to these fishermen, Jesus called out to them, "Come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people." Again, Jesus is calling out, "Hey, you guys, fishermen, come! I want to invite you to come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people." That's kind of cute, right? What does that mean? Fish for people. Like, what does that even mean? Well, I I love this. Why? Because Jesus is speaking in a way that these two guys will fully understand. In this moment, he doesn't speak over them and he doesn't use a bunch of churchy language to make him sound himself sound smart or more holy. Instead, he, he uses very basic language, like the opposite of being deep. Uh, us, us Christians might even call Jesus a little shallow here. Like, okay, Jesus, you're kind of seeker friendly. Like, can you just use a little bit more, more scripture? Like, can you reference the Old Testament? No, they're fishermen. And so Jesus speaks to them using fisherman language and he's basically saying you two guys you two brothers you know how to reach and get fish better than anyone which is honorable and good and right and necessary as humans we need food to survive but also also jesus says i want to show you how to fish for people still though like what is what does this mean well, often when we think of being used by God, we think of we think of loving our neighbors and being being kind to people, maybe doing some service projects. And all of these things are critically important and they are a part of it. But what Jesus is saying here is so much more. What he's saying here is it's, it's, it's more, and this is important. Get this at the time, water, it represented darkness and chaos and disorder. And so when you fished, you were bringing a fish literally out of the darkness into the light. And so when Jesus is talking about fishing for people, he's saying, I want you to bring other people from darkness to light. Like more than just being a nice person, I want you to bring people from death to life. Like more than just doing good things for other people, I want you to bring people from not knowing me to knowing me. I mean, just to to say it this way, more than just a service project, I want you to fish for people. It's more, it's more, I want you to fish for people. Jesus is saying, I want you to help other people follow me. I want you to help other people fall more in love with me. I want you to help other people become more and more like me. Service projects are great. Now, yes, loving people is so critically important, and it's a part of it, but I want you to fish for people. It's more. There's more there. I want you to fish for people. Now, just to say it right now, I can feel the anxiety rising in the room, you know? Some of you are starting to sweat. It's like, am I pitting out right now? Like, when, what happened? Others of you, your leg is starting to bounce. It's like, I can't control what's going on here. It's just, just this thing. It's like, okay, pastor, so just to clarify, Like, let me get this straight. You want me to tell other people about Jesus? Or is that the wavelength that I'm feeling right here? Is that kind of like, you want me to help other people follow Jesus and grow spiritually? Okay, I thought that's what you were saying. I can't, (laughs) you know, like, I thought that's the direction you were going. I can't do that. Like, I, I, I can't. Why? Because I've never been to seminary. Like I don't have weird robes in, in my, my, my closet except those robes. Let's not talk about those robes. So like, I, I don't have that. And I, I, I can't talk well in front of people. Let's just be honest, pastor. I really don't like other people. Like I just don't like human beings. And so I can't do this. Why? Because I'm not a pastor. In response to that, I'm not sure if you've already forgotten, but Jesus says back, not me, Jesus. Yes, you are. No, I'm not you follow me. You most definitely are. Yes, you are a pastor. I'm talking to you. On that note, I want to go back to the story again because there's, there's something in this story that we've completely missed. And it's, it's so important. in our story, who is Jesus talking with? Two fishermen. Some details about fishermen at this time, specifically near the Sea of Galilee, this was a very common, normal, regular occupation. To be clear, it was it was a common job, but it wasn't an easy job. Being a fisherman was intense, constantly exposed to the weather, often battling storms at sea. For us Midwest folks, not a cute lake, the sea, okay? They're like the sea, not don't take a paddle boat out there. It's the sea. And because of this, you had to be tough and you had to be rugged and manly to do this job. And speaking of that, I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned it before. Can we see those two pictures of the of the bass? Just one more time, just to show, I'm not gonna go there, okay. Seriously though, in one place I read this week, it said that fishermen, hear this, were crude in manner, rough in speech and in their treatment of Others. Translation: It it wasn't a bunch of soft, educated, well-spoken, clean-cut Christian guys. Okay, this isn't religious leaders. It's not a group of pastors with soft hands. Instead, these guys were rough, hardy men. Not to mention, they cussed a little. Okay. Now, I don't want to be rude or degrading to anybody, but if you were looking for a group of people, that you wanted to invite to go and change the world, the last people you would think about asking were fishermen. If you knew the greatest news that had ever been told, a message that would save all of humanity, the very last people you would think of is fishermen. What? I mean, fishermen are normal. They're average at best. They are the most unlikely of people. And just to say it, do you know who that sounds like? It sounds like you. Normal, average, do you know who that sounds like? It sounds like me. But I'm just saying If God can use a fisherman, he can for sure use you. If God, of all people, can choose and pick a fisherman, he can for sure use you. Seriously, Jesus is saying, you're a fisherman? That's awesome. I also, in addition to that, want you to fish for people. Oh, you're not a fisherman. You're, you're a construction worker and you, you build houses. That's so critically important. I also want you to build people. You're a business leader and you're very strategic and you, you're constantly looking for the latest and greatest leadership skills to grow your companies. That's fantastic. In addition to that, as one of my followers, I want you to grow people. You work at a restaurant and you feed people. I also want you to feed people spiritually. You're a doctor. You're a nurse. Gosh, that's so critical. I just think about all the education and experience that you have, and you care for people's bodies. I also, in addition, want you to care for people's souls. If God can use a fisherman... He can for sure use you. Seriously, just think about this. When it came to the 12 people that Jesus handpicked, his 12 disciples, none of them were religious teachers. Not not a single one. He didn't pick a group of pastors. I'm just saying if Jesus was here today in, in this room and he was picking 12 people to change the world, he wouldn't pick me, he'd pick you wouldn't pick me. He'd pick you. Oh, come on now, pastor. Don't talk like that about yourself. Like, that's crazy talk. He'd for sure use you. Like, you can you do the speaking thing. Like, he's, that's, that's crazy to say it. No, it's not. It's exactly what he did. He chose fishermen. Not religious leaders. To be more direct, he picks you. He chooses you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to work in and through you. Any followers of Jesus, hear my voice right now? You are a pastor. You're a pastor. But I don't feel like it. I don't care. You're a pastor. I don't know all the right answers. You're a pastor. I can't talk straight. I'm more of a business person. Like I'm I'm just better that way. And I'm blue collar. Like I just, you're you're a pastor, but I'm too young. I'm too old. You're you're a pastor. So what do we do with all this, right? For the rest of the series, for the next three weeks, I'm going to be sharing the message. We're going to, we're going to talk about how do we do this, like right where we are with the job that we already have, on, on the blocks where we already live, with the friends that we already hang out with, with, with the people that we already work out with at the gym or the people that we should already be working out with at the gym, but we don't really like going to the gym, like for, for, with the people that we cross paths with at the, at the grocery store, with the people, the countless people that we already know, what does it look like for God to use us? What does it look like for, for, for God to use you and to bring people from, from, from darkness to light. I'm talking about you. What does it look like for God to use you? I'm talking about you to bring people from death to life. I'm talking about you, not your spouse or your mother that knows the Bible better than you. I'm talking to you. What does it look like for God to use you to take people from not knowing Jesus to now knowing and fully following Jesus and surrendering their lives to Jesus? What does it look like for God to use you to fish for people? That's what we're going to talk about. Specifically for those of us who are hearing my voice right now, and you're just like, I want more, and I've wanted more for a time. Like, I want to step out. I want to be used by God. I want to go deeper. Do not miss the next three weeks of this series. Please don't miss it. If a month from now you're just like, gosh, I wish I would have gone deeper, and you missed this, gosh, we can lead you to water, but we can't force you to drink. Honestly, make it a priority to come. One lady right up between services came up to me, an older gal, and she said, for the first time in my life, I spoke the words to God, here I am. Awesome. Going back to this hymn one more time, this specific question of whom shall I send? As I, as I shared for the longest time, literally for years of my life, I desperately wanted to be used by God. Every part of me just longed to impact eternity, but I was so focused on myself. I was focused on my gifts and the lack thereof. I was focused on my experience, which was very little. I was focused on myself all the while. God wanted me to focus on him. And it's like the moment that I begin to take my eyes off myself and I put my eyes on him slowly, it began to click that when God asks this question of whom shall I send, he's not asking if we're able, he's asking if we're available. When he asks this question, he's not saying, are you able? Like, can you share? Adam, can you tell me you like your top three gifts before I decide if I want to use you? No, it's not about being able. It's about being available. So just to ask, are you? At all campuses and network churches, are you? You're not somebody else. This isn't the moment to need your spouse, your roommate. No, I'm talking to you. Are you? Are you open, willing, and available to be used? At this time, on all campuses and network churches, even if in your room by yourself, I'm gonna invite all of us to stand, just to stand at this time, if you would. And if you are willing, if you are open, if you are available, just between you and God right now, just tell them, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Maybe for the first time, here I am. Jesus, I've known you, but I've been so sure that my past disqualifies you, disqualifies me. I've been so sure that you can't use an introvert like me. Like I'm just not, I'm just not really great with people. Speak the words, here I am. Here I am, Lord. To be clear, when we speak these words, it's okay if you don't know how God's going to use you. It's okay if you're scared out of your mind about speaking these words. I'm still scared out of my mind. This morning, I woke up totally unsure if God could use me. It's okay if you feel inadequate again to speak those words to God. Here I am. And as we pray, just over all of you, for anyone who's saying, Here I am, and you you're you're wanting to follow Jesus, or you you have been following Jesus, I'm in in, in the name of Jesus, not in my name, not in embraces' name, in the name of Jesus, on his behalf, I want to declare you as pastors. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Heavenly King, we're so grateful that you come and you just meet us wherever we are. You just come and you know us by name. We're not hey somebody to you. Instead, we're hey. You know our name, God. I'm so grateful that if you can use a fisherman, we can know without question, you can for sure use us. I'm so grateful. It's not a question of if we're able. The only question is, are we available. And so anyone who's spoken those words, here I am, Lord, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I declare us as pastors. Lord, And starting today and over these next few weeks in specific, God, would you just show us what this means, how this looks for us, which is different from the person that's next to us. Would you just help us to know what it looks like to fish for people? Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.